Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. All right, good morning again. Let's go ahead and stand together, could we? We're going to pray. How many of you, how many of you um, might have something on your heart? Yeah, I, I wish God would help me with this. I wish God would, could take this. Come on, about, about seven of you, all right? About, about all of us, amen? Hey, let me remind you that whenever you start to feel a little stressed or something's weighing on your mind a little more than, than you're comfortable with and, you, and never get comfortable with that, um, it's actually kind of a signal you're built that way. It's a signal to pray. It's a signal to offload that to the Lord. And so maybe you've allowed that to build up this week or this month or this year. Uh, but now be a great time. Let's just let's roll our burdens over onto the Lord. He wants, he wants us to do that. He wants us to bring them to him this morning. Amen. So let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's pray and then we'll get into our, our teaching today. Father, thank you for this day, a day that you have made. We choose to rejoice, to be glad in it. We come before your presence with singing. We serve you with gladness today. And God, um, although we do that very intentionally and and authentically from our hearts, God, many today could be carrying a weight, a care, a burden, a problem, a symptom, a, a relationship, whatever it would be. And God, we come this morning and we roll that over onto you. You've invited us to come to you and to bring this before you today. And so those things that are weighing on our hearts and minds today, God, I know that you see us. I know that you hear us. And I ask you to show yourself strong. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. I pray that your presence and your peace would overtake the worry and the fear, that our hearts would be encouraged today, that there would be hope to rise up in us, and that our eyes of our heart would just see more clearly that you're our answer, you're our strength, you've got us. And you'll get us all the way through as you always do. And we thank you in advance for that. And I pray, Lord, now that you just bless the teaching of your word. Help me to deliver it in the right way. Help all of us to be alert and have eyes and ears to receive all that you have for us today. And I pray that when everything is said and done, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you'd be pleased, that you'd be honored. And that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Let's give a great big welcome to our online and east campuses. God bless you guys. It's going to be a great morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, just FYI. How many of you don't know what FYI is? Okay. Uh, Today is my 35th wedding anniversary. So I just want to share that with you. Yeah. I was three years old. It was an arranged marriage, and uh, it's worked out beautifully. So anyway, all right. We should be here this next service. Well, we're in a series called Creed, though our word creed comes to us uh, from the Latin credo, and it actually means I believe or I trust, and uh, it's a pretty important thing. Going back into church history, after Jesus... Um, was buried and rose again from the dead and then later ascended uh, to the Father. He's seated at the right hand of God right now. 
And guess what he's doing? He's interceding on your behalf. Um, He's there representing you before the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. And at the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, uh, the church was birthed, so to speak. That was the beginning of church. And uh, as things would go, it spread rapidly. So Christianity began to spread. Churches began to be established in different places. And over the course of time, uh, things started to swerve a little bit concerning what did we believe and, and what was truth and so forth. And so councils were formed and convened of, of leaders within the early church, and they would form councils or a number of these that happened throughout uh, church history. And uh, what they would do then is to clarify and summarize. Clarify, everybody say that. They would clarify and summarize, say that, summarize what we believe. And out of that, they would write or form what we call creeds or, and also confessions. And so we're mostly looking at a creed that's called the Apostles' Creed. And that was about 400 A.D., right around in there. And uh, it, it's a good uh, clarifying and summarizing uh, writing that would, will help us. We'll use it as a tool a little bit. Um, we have a copy of that available for you. Let me show you this slide real quick. If you go to NBCOcala.com forward slash resources, and that page is populated more and more with resources uh, from series that we're wanting you to have. Anti-anxiety uh, uh, book is there. The ebook is free. Uh, what Happy Families Know, some of the positive confessions that we talked about a few weeks ago. And then we have a copy, and it's, you can print it out if you want or just however you want to do it. It's suitable for framing. Our graphics team did a great job with it, but the Apostles' Creed would be there uh, for you as well. Now, the Apostles' Creed, get this, the Apostles' Creed is not Scripture. It's not in Scripture. It's from Scripture, okay? So you can't like, well, I'm looking for the Apostles' Creed. Well, what you're doing is you're looking through the Bible, okay? And it's just a summation uh, piece that will help us. It's a tool in that way. Well, here's the thing. Everybody has a creed. Church. Everyone has a creed. Some people are not intentional about that. They're not really even paying attention to what they believe. Their beliefs shift like the wind. The book of Ephesians says be careful of that because there's winds of doctrine or teaching and it, it just shifts whatever their friends are doing or whatever culture is doing or saying. And I, I, th- I think I believe this now. You know, somebody says, I like purple. And then suddenly you go, you know what? I like purple. And, and you, you don't know why. It's just somebody said. But we need to be very intentional about what we believe because here, here's the deal. What you believe governs your life. What you believe governs your life. And so this is very, very important and critical for us. Now, last week, uh, and, and let me say this, that the creed essentially highlights three things, okay? That first of all, that we believe, everybody say, I believe, that we believe in God the Father. Today, we're going to look at how we believe in Jesus, his son. Next week, and you do not want to miss it, uh, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, the precious, powerful, always present work of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we'll be looking at that. But let's go ahead and look at the main line that we looked at last week. Read this with me if you would. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And this is our bedrock. This is the foundation. And you'll see it again today. Everything builds on this. Everything builds on this. You have to get this settled. Let's quote the whole Bible. Ready? In the beginning. Okay, we'll just stop there. Take a break. But uh, in the beginning, what? 
God. And so that, there you go. Right at the beginning of the book, there's your answer. You know, we have to start with God. And God, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That is our bedrock. That is our foundation that everything else will be built upon. Then drawing from the creed, let's uh, go ahead and declare what we're looking at today. Read this with me if you would. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. Now, look with me in John chapter 8, verse 42. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but come on. He sent me. So we have go back to our bedrock, go back to the foundations, God, and then God the Father sent him. Notice that Jesus even referred to him as God and as Father. Now look with me also in John chapter 17, verse 3 and 4. Jesus is speaking. This is real close to uh, just before he was betrayed and crucified and so forth. And he's praying to the Father, and he says, and this is eternal life that, that they, us, may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ. It's okay. That they may know you, watch this, where we start again, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have what? Whom you have sent. So get this. He is sent from God. Now watch verse 4. I have glorified you. Jesus is saying, I have glorified you, Father, on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. So let me uh, hit, the, hit the point right here is this, is that God sent him and he had a work to do. So God, we start there, God sent Jesus here and he had a work to do. And that's what the creeds summarize. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And then it kind of gives us an overview of some of the things that Jesus has done. Let's look in the Apostles' Creed. Why don't you read these out with me here? I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the the dead. On the third day... He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. Now, there was another creed called the Nicene Creed. And uh, in 325 AD, they convened together uh, essentially to defend the divinity of Jesus because there were some error teachings that were going around that that um, kind of minimized the fact that Jesus would actually be fully God. Then again, in 381 A.D., uh, the Nicene Creed was revised because they once again had to defend the divinity of the Holy Spirit. So uh, it seems that as people, the nature of people, we have to come back and clarify and summarize what we believe, stay true to it, because otherwise some things can swerve. Somebody gets an idea. Somebody translates something wrong. It can go off. You know, they'll form things to suit their own purposes. So it is good for us. Say it is good. It is good for us as individuals, as a church to come back. What do we believe? And shoot right to the heart of this. So I want us to read the same section regarding Jesus at the Nicene Creed. 
And uh, let's go here. Read this with me if you would. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. Go ahead. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Pretty powerful, amen? Now again, this is not in Scripture. This is from Scripture, and this is a summary and well put, some summaries of the overall work that Jesus did. Remember that. Started with God. God sent his son, and he had work to do. And this kind of outlines and highlights some of the work that he did. Now, everything he did, everything he did, we could never do. Everything he did, we could never do to make our way back to God. And that's what this is about. Because God created, and God is the creator of heaven and earth. We believe that. Church, y'all with me? And so he made man, sin enters the picture, and I'm, I'm cruising through the whole story here. Sin enters the picture, and now because we have a holy God and sinful man, there's separation there. It, it, they just can't be together. It's not that God doesn't love us, it just that doesn't fit together. And so we could do nothing about that. We could try, you know, we could try to uh, fix it all, uh, earn it off, work it off, and we could never make that happen. So what Jesus came and did, his work in summation is this, to make things right between us and God, to actually deal with the sin issue so that you and I could come back into relationship, right relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Because here's the problem. Sin so ruined everything. It always does. Do you hear me? Sin ruins everything. It always does. And we couldn't fix it up. We couldn't earn it back. We couldn't work it off. So Jesus came and did this. And what he did, what was needed to be done, was so extreme. And it's so undoable on our part that some of it is even unbelievable to us. And so there's some things that he did. Some things were so extreme. So in our minds, impossible. So therefore, they seem unbelievable to us. But you need to rest assured that he did those things so that we could come back to the Father. Amen. So us trying to fix it, us trying to fix it is called religion. And religion is empty and religion is powerful. And this is what I find too, is that religious people don't smile much. It's too much work, y'all. It's working on something that could never get finished. Because we can't do it. We can't find our way back to God in that way. So that's religion. And Jesus did not come to bring religion. Jesus came to bring relationship. 
that we, again, could be reconciled. We could be back in right relationship with God. Now, if you remember back, besides dealing with the devil, the biggest tension that Jesus had to deal with while he was here on the earth was religious leaders. And that's what he thought, and I agree with him, that religious leaders, religion pushed people away from God instead of drawing people to God. So what Jesus came to do is says, that's not the way. He said, I'm the way. Look with me in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Read this last part with me. No one comes to the Father except through me. So our only way back into right relationship with God is through Jesus. Jesus came. He's the way, y'all. He's the truth. He's the life. He's our way back to the Father. Can you get a good amen today? Now, God came to be with us by becoming one of us. In in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, come on everybody, God with us. So God with us, that is his answer for this. In order for him to be with us, he became one of us. Now, I don't remember when I first read this, heard this, or whatever, but for, uh, I don't know, 20, 25 years at least, this has been a powerful statement that I've remembered. And uh, why don't you read this along with me right now? Jesus, the Son of God, became the Son of Man so that we, the sons and daughters of man, might become the sons and daughters of God. Let that soak. Let's declare that one more time. Jesus, the Son of God, became the Son of Man so that we, the sons and daughters of man, might become the sons and daughters of God. It's powerful. And that describes what he came and did. Look with me in John chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Go back to where we started today. I believe in God the Father Almighty. And Father indicates this relationship and how we enter into that relationship with God as Father and us as his children. Notice this, is that we believe and accept him. Now, sometimes that can end up just kind of sounding, I don't know what you mean. You know, it's like you need to accept Jesus. Okay. But what does that really mean? It means that you believe And you accept who he is, and you believe and accept what he has done. So that's the importance of us declaring that I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, and then what he has done for us. And so by accepting him, who he is, Jesus, and what he has done for us, that it is through him and what he has done, that is how we have a relationship with God the Father. Y'all here? And so that is the most precious, awesome thing that you or I could ever have is a relationship with our Father God. You say, no, no, I want to get that latest phone and that latest cool car that I saw, and I want to meet them, and I want to go there, and I want to have this. You know what? All that stuff, you get all the stuff, it's it's going to end up in a yard sale. 
Your cool stuff is going to be somebody's junk later. And, and how, how about this regarding the yard sale? How many of you know some things don't make the cut for the yard sale? Here, this was special to Grandpa. Put it out there. That's junk and it smells bad. Get rid of it. And then y'all have done this if you've done a yard sale too. It's all over with and all your precious stuff. Nobody got. No, nobody. Everything on this table for a quarter. And still they won't take it, you know. How about I give you $5 to take it off my hands, you know? It's not about stuff, y'all. It is not about stuff. It's about a relationship with God. And here's what comes out of that relationship with God. That no matter what is going on in this world, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what you hear, no matter what you fear, you can have this confidence and peace. God sees it all. God is bigger than all. God will take care. God will get me through this. He's got me. He sees me. He hears me. He'll get me. None of this shakes God. And you can have that peace and that confidence and that, and that joy even in life, no matter what would be going on in this world. Amen. Through that relationship. And the only way to that relationship is that you believe and you accept who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Amen. It's not just that he became man. It's not just that he put on flesh. It's what he did for us while he was among us. Our greatest need, don't answer out loud, our greatest need, think about it, what, what might be for mankind, what do you think might would be the greatest need, don't answer out loud, forgiveness. You know, I, I look into the lives of people and, and really our, our ills and our errors and the things in our life that, that are going on, all of it kind of roots back to our, just our need for forgiveness. And if we're right with God, if we're right with God, everything else would flow from that. We just, we just finished weeks talking about that. Amen. And so what Jesus did and all that he did was to come and to take sin out of the way, to put it out of the way, and to purchase our forgiveness and to purchase our freedom so that we could have that relationship with him. That's what he did, this work that God sent him to do ultimately did this it put sin out of the way and purchased our forgiveness and purchased our freedom so the creeds let's think about all that jesus did guess what the creeds do not state all that he did guess what else not even scripture states all that jesus did look in john chapter 20 verse 30 and truly jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book Look in John 21, 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. You know what that also says to me? We read and our faith is encouraged by what we read in Scripture, what Jesus did. But it also lets me know he's got more in his toolbox. So no matter what you might be dealing with, he has a tool for it, okay? He has, he has a way, he has a method, he has the power to help no matter what else would be going on. So, who he is, how he came, what he did, all of those things show the love of God. They show that he cared for the lost, for the hurt, for the small, for the broken, for the sick, for the addicted, for all. 
He showed us how to love and forgive and give and serve. His were the greatest teachings ever uttered. He lived a sinless life, and then he willingly went to the cross to die for the sins of all mankind, your sins, my sins. Through death, he showed the depths of the love of God. And through his resurrection from the dead, he defeated evil, he defeated hate, he defeated sin, he defeated death, he defeated the grave, he defeated the devil. And he did all of that to give you and I a future and to give us a hope. As I shared with you just a few weeks ago on Easter, he did all of that so that you and I could have a meaningful life and the power to live it. That you and I, every day of our life, hear me, I'm never alone and I'm never without help. And when you realize that out of your relationship with God, that whatever you're going to walk into tomorrow, I am never alone. I am never without help. I am never alone. I'm never without help. But, it, but if you're still separated from God, then you kind of are alone and without help. The book of Ephesians says that those that are without God are without hope in this present world. And so our answer is Jesus. That's why I proudly say I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only son, our Lord, because he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. God sent him because he said, I'm not satisfied. I can't take this being separated from these people that I love. And I know that sin separates and I know they did the sin. And I also know they can do nothing about it. So he sent Jesus who became one of us so that he could take sin out of the way, living that sinless life, and become the sacrifice for us. So what we have is help in this life, and then one day when life is over, y'all do know life's going to be over one day, either we die or fly. Y'all, we either die or fly. Some of you new to church, what's this flying thing? Well, it's called the blessed hope or the rapture of the church. Don't know when, just, just stay ready. We'll talk about it later, okay? okay. But die, die or fly, I've got a home in heaven forever. Help in this life, home in heaven forever. His presence is with me wherever I go, never alone, never without help. That means I'm okay on this side of it all, and I'll be okay on that side of it all, and he'll get me all the way through everything else. Amen. Look with me, if you will, in First Timothy chapter 2. The Apostle Paul writes, this is good and pleases God our Savior. Notice this next line, who wants everyone to be saved. And he wants everyone to understand the truth. Next verse, for there is one God, that's where we started today. There's one God and one mediator, we'll talk about that in a moment, who can reconcile God and humanity. And this mediator is the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. So we've got God and we've got sinful humanity. I want to try to illustrate this, and I've done this a a couple ways over the years. Brandon, will you help me? Do you mind coming on up? Come on up. Welcome, Brandon. I've known Brandon forever. Thanks for helping me. All right, you finish the sermon. No, I'm joking. joking. Derek, where's Derek? Over here. Derek, come on up. Will you help me? Please, come on, give Derek a good hand.
All right. Come on, bro. Time's running. <laughs> All right. We're going we're gonna to role play a little bit here. And come on over. Uh, Derek, you're going to be God, okay? And don't be acting weird at lunch or anything. It's like, all right. And you're going to, I'm going to play Jesus, okay? Now, he's not God, okay? I'm not Jesus. We're both trying to become more and more like God and like Jesus. And so our role is a little more harder. Your role is going to be easy. You're, you're playing us, okay? You got it? All right. So what happens is we have God, and, and Brandon's going to represent all mankind, okay? And there's, there's something separating, and just let this represent sin that's in between. And so God, in his love for Brandon, sends Jesus. And the whole goal is to get them back together. So Jesus came. The work that God sent Jesus to do was to take sin out of the way. And then there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus became flesh. He put on flesh, still fully God, now has become fully man. And now he's the only one. He's the only one that can hold the hand of God and can hold the hand of man. He's the only one and bring them back together. He's the only one that can do that. So he came. He came to take sin out of the way and to purchase forgiveness and freedom. And Jesus stays in that role, seated at the right hand of the Father right now. And as Brandon has needs, he prays to the Father in Jesus' name. And Jesus goes, that's right, remember this. And and Jesus is our advocate with the Father. Amen? Amen. Thank you, guys. You did awesome. Hey, hey, before you go, Pastor Lance, we got some hats for y'all. All All right, we got hats. Better together. Small groups launch today. Get in a group. You're better together. All right? Be careful going down. Thank you, Derek. So now, what lies between God and humanity? Jesus Christ. Without Jesus, if we don't accept who he is, believe who he is and what he has done, then what lies between God and humanity is our sin. But Jesus comes to take that out of the way. We believe this. And it's not just something we mentally assent to. I'm telling you what, it produces peace and joy and eternal life in us forever. Amen. Look with me, if you will, in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're almost done. And it says, this is one of the most powerful passages in the New Testament. Though he, Jesus, was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, to remain holding on to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, because of that, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now, 
Let's declare this together as we finish today. Come on, declare this with me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And the third highlighted part of the creeds and and completes the Trinity is we believe in the Holy Spirit. Do not miss next week. So you want to talk about not how the Holy Spirit works in a service, how the Holy Spirit works in your life day in and day out and how he's involved in this whole process that we just talked about today. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Good, good, good. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.